This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Stable Podcast Prospect Spotlight series we have going on again shout out to everybody who's able to you know let this happen shout out to wasserman uh agency they are great they have great people over there and we want to shout those people out we also want to shout out guys like kendra miller eric uh gray and then this i don't want to spoil anything but you guys probably already know by the title but we have tyler scott cincinnati wide receiver we did have his teammate on last week who all of you guys enjoyed that episode Trust me, this is going to be another great one, another Cincinnati Bearcat, and should probably, I mean, he's probably going to come after, come after Trey, see who see who had the better one, but they're definitely <laughs> going to be competing next week at the NFL Combine. As always, Michael Pivia here, joined by me, Landon Oliver, our head draft writer at the Blue Stable, and we got Marcus, our producer. How y'all doing, gentlemen? Doing great, man. Another fantastic prospect we got on. I'm super excited to get, you know, to chat with this guy and get a little bit insight of how he's going through this process. I'm excited for him. You know, I personally, you know, we talked a little bit before, but he's a guy that started out, you know, on not many radars into this draft. And as this process and the season's grown, you've seen his stock rise, you know, pretty exponentially. So I'm excited to get inside his mind and uh, talk to him and go over some of his game. Yeah. I'm excited to join uh too, man. You know, I'm looking forward to the story times and everything and see how he responds to my questions. And, and hopefully he can give us something good, man. Let's get into it. Tyler, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome, good. And Tyler Scott, wide receiver, Cincinnati, speedy, speedy wide receiver from Cincinnati. I mean, my goodness, you got Tyler Scott, you had Trey Tucker, and then even like speed all over the field, right? Like, my goodness, that's one hell of a tandem. Um, first off, Tyler, welcome to the show. Uh, best of luck to you in this journey. Congratulations on you know being a part a, a part of this. I know it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for for you guys. How are you taking this preparation? Like, how are you doing in preparing preparing? Sorry for uh the combine yeah i mean uh honestly i'm just taking it day by day 
Um, you know, from since I stepped down, you know, here in Tampa, it's just been, you know, taking it, you know, day by day, uh, understanding that the next important, the, the most important day is the next day. Okay, Tyler. So I, I want to get your mindset on this because this is an Indianapolis Colts podcast. We cover, you know, Indianapolis Colts. They live in Indiana. Bro, you yeah, did yeah. Indiana dirty this last season. <laughs> uh, you, you, some people are going to be watching this. They're going to know who you, who you are immediately. Um, it's 185 yards, three touchdowns against the Hoosiers. Going into that game, whenever you have a performance like that, is that something that you kind of feel pre-game going into the game? Or is it something like as you get into the flow of the game, you're like, okay, I got it today? Yeah, I think it's honestly a little bit of both. Um, you know, just as far as just when we, you know, prepare for the game, we were understanding like, you know, what they like to do as far as their cover schemes. And, um, you know, we knew they were, you know, a huge quarters team, cover four teams. So it was like, okay, we're definitely going to have some shots one-on-one uh, -on -one outside. You know, so I think my first touchdown was, was a big post. And they came in in the exact coverage that we thought. They played quarters. So, you know, safeties are flat, you know, garden tight ends. And so we had a great concept caught up. And, um, you know, once I got the first one, I was like, okay, you know, it should be, you know, a pretty good day. And then uh, I want to say the second one, my second touchdown, we were kind of on the 50-yard line, kind of that taint area where it was like not too, you know, not close enough to kick a field goal, but, you know, not quite far enough to punt it. And so I want to say it was like third and one. And uh, we had this call uh, drawn up like, you know, a couple weeks prior, actually about two, three weeks prior uh, and we were kind of waiting for the right moment. And so uh, I want to see him with like 13 personnel. And uh, I was kind of in a bunch of alignment close to the line of scrimmage. And uh, they crowded the box, which is, you know, exactly what we wanted, kind of get everybody down, all the safeties down, uh, which would then just leave me one-on-one -on -one with the, uh, the cornerback. And he was playing like maybe four or five yards off. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. So uh, we did play action. And, um, you know, from there, you know, he was kind of had his eyes in the backfield and he kind of recognized it late. But – at that point, I kind of had a step on him and was able to just catch it. So, um, you know, that was that. And then the third one, I want to say they, they ended up changing cornerbacks. And um, we're going tempo. And I, and I caught a comeback. And, uh, you know, he was playing so far off. I was like, all I got to do is catch it. I'm like, if I can just catch it and get it in my hands, I know I'll get in the end zone. So, uh, you know, he's playing pretty far off. And I kind of knew just with my connection with Ben Bryant, I was like, oh, it's coming my way. And so um, – you know, so I think I think it was just a little bit of both, just kind of preparing, you know, knowing the game plan, and then also just kind of filling out the game. I'm sorry, Indiana fans, that y'all had to hear that, but you know, he had <laughs> to tell us that I am that I am him moment, you know, Tyler Scott. So you know, <laughs> moving forward, speaking of I am him moment, you know, your your college career is over, of course, but and you just mentioned that key moment in Indiana, but is there any other game that you can remember vividly? It was like, all right, the scouts is definitely have to look at this one. Um, I, I actually, uh, I want to say my sophomore year and for me, just knowing how important and how, how much pride we take at Cincinnati special teams, um, you know, that was kind of my big emphasis, especially my sophomore year was just getting on the field and actually ended up starting my sophomore year. Um, but I also wanted to, you know, get on the, in the field as far as special teams. And that's something that coach Fickle in Cincinnati took really seriously. Um, was the punt team, the punt team and special teams. Like, if you weren't on any of those units, then you, you couldn't really get be trusted yet. And so, you know, I think my kind of breakout moment was my sophomore year in the Cotton Bowl versus Alabama. And, um, you know, I talk to teams now, like, I'm like, just go back and watch the Alabama um, from last year, just watch on special teams. Um, you know, I, I made, you know, countless tackles going down at Gunner. 
Uh, I had a great kick return. And, um, you know, I, I had a great – I was coming off the edge as well on pump block. And uh, uh, it got to the point where they had to bring in an extra defender um, to stop me. So, uh, I think last year just in that phase alone, again, uh, that phase alone in special teams was, for me, uh, kind of that, that other hit moment, so to speak. Marcus, you said – you apologize to Indiana fans. I apologize to Indiana fans that you are Indiana Hoosier fans. I just want to <laughs> apologize for that. Uh, Tyler, speaking of the Indiana game, man, you did them dirty. All right. Those guys have dreams and aspirations too. And that, that all went out the window, but your time at Cincinnati, you know, that, that was just, it, it was phenomenal. You know, you're coming out early and it, it's just, you're, you're a unique prospect so my question for you is how would you describe your time at Cincinnati and how that program helped develop and motivate you to become a better player and a better person yeah uh so I guess it starts from you know the first day you, you walk in the door um you know we we have a, a mentality there it's called you know tough and nasty um at least under fickle uh you know it's tough and nasty and you know it was that meant a lot uh, you know, we took a huge, huge emphasis and pride in doing the little things right. Um, you know, the way we do, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. You know, uh, Coach Fickle said that a lot. The way you do anything is the way you do everything. So just really having balance in your life. Uh, and not just, you know, on the field, but off the field. You know, you can't be great on the field and then be weak in, you know, academics or vice versa. So, um, you know, so that, so just in that aspect alone was huge. And then just my mentality, you know, my mentality, my mentality grew. Um, as soon as I walked through the door, just as far as our preparation, you know, the things we did uh, just to prepare ourselves for the season. But, I mean, it was things that we did in the off season that had nothing to do with, you know, catching a pass or, um, you know, making a block or scoring a touchdown or anything like that. But it was all feeling our mentality, you know. So when we get in these tough situations, you know, you lean on your brother. Um, you, lead, you rely on your training and your brother to help you get through a lot of those tough moments. Yeah, that's that's great stuff, man. And so something so something I've always kind of loved about watching speed guys, and it, that's you know pretty much what a lot of people classify you as is like, hey, you're just you know you're the speed guy. But something that I've learned watching your film that I've really enjoyed is how quick you accelerate and you decelerate out of your breaks, and just kind of how nuanced your route running is. What mm -hmm. are some other parts of your game? that you think are a little bit more underappreciated that people don't really speak on? Uh, for me, I think it's kind of my, my blocking down the field, uh, you know, a after the catch, after after the play is, you know, after the quarterback, running back gets the ball or after, a, you know, the ball is caught, um, always just running towards the field um, or running towards the ball. You know, you don't know what can happen in a fumble or uh, you can make a touchdown, you know, a, a touchdown block. Um, you know, at Cincinnati, I was awarded – uh, at the time under Fickle, the highest honor um, in the program. And we had this thing, you know, in our program called the Play Hard Board. And the Play Hard Board was something that, you know, was given to not everyone. Uh, you know, you didn't have to be a starter necessarily to get it. Um, but it was just somebody who was an example on the field of somebody who goes hard, uh, you know, play, you know, does everything right, does little things, finishes through each play, um, you know, those type of things. And so, uh, you know, for me, it just taking pride in just finishing you know, finishing after the catch, uh, and not just catching the ball. And that was, you know, especially for me, one of my uh, biggest, uh, I want to say, areas of growth from my sophomore year to my junior year 
And one of my biggest emphasis was just yards after the catch. And, you know, not just being satisfied with catching a 10-yard gain or a hitch, but being able to catch it in turn, you know, being able to see the see the defense, um, you know, before you catch the ball and kind of recognize and feel where guys are at and, you know, be able to, you know, make a move accordingly. So um, I think those two things are, you know, two things that I, um, you know, I would love for scouts to kind of uh, appreciate about my game as well. Yeah, it's good to mention you mentioned your, the speed and everything and all that good thing. But, you know, we got to ask this question between NFL legends or NFL players today. Who are some wide receivers that you watch that help, you know, pave your game as a wide receiver yourself? Yeah, so. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry about this. Nice call. Sorry, I still got you guys. Yeah, yeah, right, we got sorry you. About yeah. Sorry about that. No, sorry no, about you're that. good. No worries. <laughs> Um, so for me growing up, uh, you know, I was actually a running back. So, uh, I was running back from eight years old all the way to my senior year in high school. And so I didn't even really start learning or even watching receivers until, you know, I got to college my freshman year. So, um, you know, to kind of answer your question, uh, guys that I kind of like watching today, um, Terry McLaurin. Oh Lord, ladies and gentlemen, we lost him. We didn't lose him. He'll 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 hop back in here in a minute. But he'll hop back in here. But I'm just thinking, like, damn it, I was hoping I wouldn't have to edit. But there's always that one. There's always that one. Nothing's ever perfect. He didn't mention uh, the boogie yeah. man. I already had to edit the preparation word. I freaking fumbled like five times. He'll come uh, back. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, see, there he is. Man, I'm so sorry. USFL keeps calling you, huh? Let's <laughs> <laughs> get back to my laptop. I'm, my man, I'm so sorry. That's, You're that's good, how man. mine You're is good. too. Like that's how mine is too. Like I'm guessing you got a MacBook also, or like yeah, your phone yeah, or something. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, every time a phone phone call comes through, it it jacks it up for sure. Yeah. So this is it's still awesome. recording. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's fine, dude. Uh. It's still recording. Marcus, you can go ahead and uh, re-ask your question, and we'll just go from there. Okay. All right, cool. So you mentioned wide receivers. Uh, you mentioned your, your game and everything, talking about speed, accelerating, decelerating. So I just wanted to know, who were some wide receivers that you enjoy watching to help you know become the wide receiver you are today? Yeah, so, you know, for me, like I said, I, I played running back, you know, kind of my whole career growing up from, you know, when I was eight years old all the way to my, my senior year in high school. And so I didn't really – get a chance to really start watching receivers or didn't really focus on the receivers until I got to to college. And so a couple of guys I like to watch are uh, Terry McLaurin, who went to Ohio State. Um, you know, I just think he's a dog. Uh, he's a leader as well. You know, I think it's kind of just underrated a little bit because, you know, you, you know, inconsistent quarterback play. But I just think he's a dog. I uh, love Justin Jefferson. I loved him out of college. Him and Jamar Chase were two guys that uh, I love and I think they're changing the game. Um, and even this tra the trajectory and the importance of a receiver. Um, those two guys are just really making, you know, strides as far as the receiver position. Um, I also love Amari Cooper. You know, just the way he uses his pen to, you know, to run his routes is just phenomenal. Like, he's just textbook. Um, he's a guy, like, I, I tried to, you know, even just watch, you know, preparing for the combine. Like, he had such a great combine, uh, you know, just how smooth he was. So, you know, those are a couple guys who, you know, I love to watch. So, another question here. 
I know this is a little bit different for you. So, you know, I was going through some of your career numbers and, you know, your snaps and stuff like that. You hardly ever lined up in the snap or in the slot. So you got 26 snaps in the slot, 677 snaps out wide. I know it's a little bit of a change because, you know, you're obviously going through, you know, the, you know, traffic in the middle of the field, all that kind of stuff. So how have you kind of been prepping, you know, if you should make that transition at the next level, you know, for them to move you into the slot a little bit more? Yeah, uh, you know, just really as far as the route, the main thing is the route tree. Um, and also you have more, I guess you would have more space, um, you know, more room to work uh, kind of in the middle or in the slot, so to speak. Uh, you do have more defenders. So uh, the biggest thing there is really your eyes. Uh, and kind of just really seeing the whole defense um, kind of out wide. You only have to really focus on kind of two or three guys at a time, you know, the safety, got the near safety, the corner, and, you know, possibly the Sam or the nickel if he's, you know, even that wide. So, you know, you got kind of like a small triangle as if, you know, where it's different than when you're in a slot where you kind of see, you got to see the backside safety, the, you know, the safety over top of you, the Sam, you know, nickel possibly. And then also, you know, you got a cornerback. So, uh, so the biggest thing there is just kind of just really studying the game. Um, that's the number one thing. Just studying the game, watching football, like uh, I think that's the number one thing that even just throughout my career, just playing football uh, from when I was little, just watching the game and understanding um, and just being a student of the game. Like I mean, you learn so much. You learn so much. You learn what to look at. You learn what you you know what you're seeing. Um, so you know that's kind of been the biggest thing is just really just work, work working on the route route tree and uh, just really studying the game. What's your favorite route to run, man? Uh, big post. Big post, easy, yeah. Easy one, easy one. Yeah, it's easy. Speed and then break inside. Yeah, I, I can, I can, you know, manipulate the DB how I want, you know, set him up during the game. Um, I can open up and just go. So, you know, I, I love the post. That's that's another thing Landon was talking about, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that because like earlier he mo- mentioned, you know, you get labeled a speed guy, and and we talked about it last show with with your teammate Trey Tucker, where you have your speed guys, but those are just fast guys. They're, they're just fast. You get the ball to them in open space, and they outrun everybody. You're not just that. You, like Landon said, your footwork is very good you're able to make guys miss you're not just a speed guy you're an athlete basically like you're, you're an athlete and that's interesting that you say deep post because that's exactly what your film shows you'll you'll run by guys and when a corner thinks he has you right where you want them but move inside and, and, and mm-hmm. you got him beat yeah so, like i said yeah. i mean go ahead no 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 go ahead finish yeah go ahead yeah, so, I mean, I, I try to take pride in that, you know, part of the game. You know, I understand, like, you know, I'll be labeled a speed guy and, you know, those, you know, and obviously that that's a good because, you know, coaches love to see that and hear that, Um, you know, but for me, uh, just really perfecting my craft, you know, being a receiver, like, uh, you know, you look at some of the best receivers of all time aren't always the fastest guys. And, um, you know, for me, just, you know, being able to use my speed and using it to, using it to my advantage was, you know, key for me, especially all throughout my years in Cincinnati and just learning to continue to grow in that area, um, just learning how to use my speed to my advantage. And so, um, you know, especially last year, my junior year, I was able to kind of, you know, really get the feel for uh, what defenses were doing, how I could use it, um, you know, how I could use that speed type of intimidation to, you know, kind of manipulate the DB, watching a lot of film, um, just learning how I can set DBs up and things of that nature. 
Um, you know, you talked about stories, uh, Marcus, and, uh, you know, I got one for you. So my uh, my sophomore year, <laughs> so my, well, I wouldn't even say my sophomore year, from since I stepped in the door at Cincinnati, uh, we had we had a guy at, at Cincinnati. Uh, he was a cornerback by the name of Kobe Bryant, and um, you know he he was a dog. He he was he was everything that a football player should be. You know what I'm saying? Mentality, just the way he carried himself. Like he was just a dog. And so uh, you know, sophomore year, I was you know like I said I was starting, and so I was going a lot against you know the I was going I was going with the ones, and so I would see him quite often. And so uh, you know I was asked one time I was at the pro day last year I was asked by uh, a team, and they asked me, uh, you know, who was the better quarterback, in my personal opinion, uh, between at the time my Gardner and Kobe Bryant. And for me, it was a quick answer. I was like, man, it was Kobe Bryant. And the dude was like, oh, really? Um, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, it, truly. And he was like, so why is that? I was like, well, I think for me, uh, honestly, I might be a little biased because I see him more, more often than I did Ahmad. But I was like, for him, it was his mind. Like, he would play a lot of mind games with you. Uh, it was times where I would come out of the huddle or I would line up and he would tell me my route before I even run it. Like, I would walk up to the walk up to the line. He's like, all right, bro, I know you got this post coming. Or, man, I know you got this dig coming. I'm like, dude, how do you even know this? Like, I just lined up. Like, I didn't even do anything yet. I didn't motion. Um, like, he, he would just he, – he would always just know what I had coming. And so I'm like, man, well, don't, don't play the route, at least, you know what I'm saying? Like, at least give me a good look. So, you know, he, he would do those things. And I tried to learn how to, like, okay, I got to mirror up my routes and things of that nature. And for some reason, like, he always knew if I was about to break to the post or if I was about to break to the out route, you know what I'm saying? And I would try to mirror those two up, but he, for some reason, he would just always know. But then I started finding out, like, okay, I started watching film and studying him. I'm like, man, I'm like, what is it? that he's doing. And, you know, I was like, Oh, wow. So for him, he liked to play kind of off and he kind of liked to see the field and he's reading what number, you know, the number two receiver inside him he's doing, he's reading the quarterback drop back. If he's doing a three-step drop, if he's doing a five-step drop, if he's doing a three-step drop. He's probably ain't going though. He's probably not throwing it too far. So he would kind of sit. If he's doing a five-step drop, he probably knew it was going to be something deep. So he's running to the post. And so like, he just kind of knew those things and he was just so smart in the game in that way. And so, all through my sophomore year, I had to learn how to get, get open and get somebody who already knew what was coming. And for me, that just made me so much more of a better player because, I mean, he was a jump throw award winner, you know, first and foremost. Like, he was he was awarded the best cornerback in college football. And then on top of that, um, like I said, he he knew what it had, what, what route I was doing. And so I had to learn how to get open versus that. And once he left, the game just opened up so much more easier. And even in the game, like, I wasn't facing anyone nearly as good as him. It was just so easy in the game to learn how to, like, you know, manipulate people. And sometimes I didn't even have to do the, too much to get the job done. I would just give him a little quick head nod, and, and I got guys turning around. I was like, wow, you know. And I'm like, I tried this on Kobe. This ain't working. So, um, you know, so that was just kind of my little story of just um, my, my growth as a receiver and just going to get somebody that was so good and just translating on the field. Kobe Bryant, yeah. pain, pain. <laughs> Tyler brought back some pain memories because that dude was always in my mock drafts last year, man. I, I loved him so much. And it's interesting that you said that, like, okay, Kobe was the better receiver because – or the better corner, sorry. Because Amon always got got the credit, rightfully so, rightfully so. Great cornerback, yeah. great cornerback. But everybody was always tuned in to Ahmad Gardner, and it always took away mm-hmm. what Kobe Bryant did so well, which was – Physical, like you said, get up in your face. 
physical. He was going to challenge you like a man. And now mm-hmm. he's a pillar for Seattle and that defense yeah. for years to come. And yeah. how the dude last, how the dude was available in the fourth round, I have no damn idea. I, I really yeah, don't. I, I was surprised when he got taken there. I was like, are you serious? Like, ain't no, <laughs> there's no way. Landon, we were like last year, there were a couple of corners like, okay, cool, go get this person. Like, how are they still on the board? Kobe Bryant was like my number one. And then Tariq Woolen, who was also in Seattle, like, isn't it weird how Seattle always lucks into damn draft picks? Like, I'm but, jealous. Uh, th- so, sorry, that, that was just a weird thing. Cincinnati's has had some great DBs come out, like James Wiggins, oh, Derek Forrest. You got a mod, and then Kobe last year. Awesome stuff. My my next one, and then even my boy, you got you can't forget my boy, uh, my boy, uh, B Cook, Brian Cook, who was over there for the Chiefs. He got taken in the second yes. round. Nobody, nobody mm-hmm. remembers that he was taken in the second round. <laughs> my apologies, Brian. Sorry, sorry. Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl Super champion. Super Bowl champion. No, yeah. Super Bowl champion. <laughs> um, the, speaking of teammates and and seeing a, another guy who's in the NFL, your former teammate Alec Pierce. You know, we, we got to yeah. chat with Trey about this as well. Alec is obviously in Indianapolis. This is an Indianapolis Colts show, but we are obviously talking to to prospects. What would it mean for you to to you know if if it's it's a big if, but you know you get the call to Indianapolis. I assume Alec is probably going to be calling you and trying to kick Chris Ballard GM <laughs> off the phone and trying to call you first. Uh, what would it mean for you to be back in the wide receiver room with with Alec Pierce? For me personally, it would be huge because you know AP was somebody I looked up to when I when I got there at Cincinnati. He was just somebody who did everything right. You know, he was just that person that you look to. Um, you know, he wasn't always, he wasn't the, like the more vocal type of guy. Um, but he was truly that, that type of leader that you just wanted to model yourself after as far as just the way you walk around, um, you know, just hand, like on, on the business side, just handling your business, being where you need to be doing what you need to do, you know, at the best of your ability, doing what the team needs. You know, he was moved around a lot when he was at Cincinnati, he came in at linebacker, uh, believe it or not, he played a little bit of linebacker in Cincinnati coming in and. You know, the coach didn't think he was, a at the time, a, a receiver. So they moved him to linebacker. The new receiver coach came in, and then they moved him back to, you know, the, the receiver. And then he was also on special teams, and he had a lot of value there. So, you know, for him, just just really taking advantage of your opportunities when you get them, you know, was something that I took away from him and just being about your business. And so, um, like I said, he was just somebody I look up, looked up to in that regards. And, you know, he became one of my best friends on the team. And, you know, I haven't communicated, him, communicated with him, you know, after the season – you know, when he was going on to the league, you know, we still, you know, would continue to talk to each other on a consistent basis. And so um, just to be back in a room with him, I mean, I've been down here training with him. Uh, we, we went to dinner last night. Like, we, you know, we, we we hung it. We kicked it for the Super Bowl, me, him, and Trey. So, um, you know, that's my guy. You know, I, I love that dude. And so just to be back with him would be, you know, huge for me. Real, real quick before we move on to Landon. Your wide receiver coach, man, we got to give him some love because as you're talking, oh, I'm just sure. sitting here. Huh? For sure. Yeah. Because I'm sitting here thinking you, Trey, and Alec, what have all yeah. three of you guys have in common? Your footwork is so good. Sh- shout out your wide receiver coach, man. Cause because this guy Yeah, yeah. No, shout shout out to Coach Brown, Coach Mike Brown, man. He you know, I went to Wisconsin now, you know, with Fick, uh with Fickle and you know, for him like one thing about him is that he he would not let you slack off. Like it was, you know, he was real precise with his with his coaching. 
And so at Cincinnati, we ran more, you know, more of a basic type of offense, you know, um, you know, but even in that with our routes, like it was precise, perfection was expected. Like you never ran a route that was perfect. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you could always do something better. And so, you know, for him, like he was just huge on just doing the little things, the technique, making sure your feet work right. I mean, it was just so many different things that he, you know, he helped develop me as a receiver, um, you know, that helped my game along. And so, um, you know, huge shout out to him. Uh, you know, I can't even forget Mike Young, who, you know, he was he wasn't drafted, but he was all he was signed last year uh, by the Colts as well. Uh, but yeah, no, he he does a phenomenal job, uh, you know, with what he does. So taking it past the football field now, you know, obviously you don't get to this point in your life where you're preparing for the NFL draft without a lot of sacrifice, without a lot of help, you know, from people that are surrounding you. Who has been that person for you that, you know, has kind of helped you get to this point and that you look look up to? Oh, my dad. That, that's, that's the easy one. That's my, my dad. Um, yeah, ever since I was little. Um, you know, I got another story for you, Marcus. Um <laughs> Yeah, so so you know it was. I can remember it was it was a game. Uh, I was eight years old, and I was uh, it was my first my first tackle my first tackle scrimmage, and so I remember I had went off for about you know two to three touchdowns, and I remember I came off the field and all the parents are congratulating me, saying like good job, Tyler, good job, you know that was so great, this that and third, and you know I was just saying you know appreciate it, blah blah, and then. I remember I got to my dad. I was like, Dad, did you see when I did this? Did you did you see when I made that move there? Did you see when I spent and I did that and blah, blah, blah? And so, you know, my dad stopped me. He was like, listen, he was like, never to your own horn. He was like, never to your own horn. He said, have, have other people do that. You know, they've seen what you did. He said, allow others around you to do that for yourself and just allow your game um, to showcase itself. And so uh, from that point on, you know, my perspective on life and just the way I carried myself on the field, on and off the field change. And so um, he's just been a huge component of just, you know, really just somebody who's been there, you know, through everything and, um, you know, through every step of the way. You know, the biggest thing that he's taught me growing up was always to remain humble, you know, always to remain humble. I mean, through anything and everything, you know, you're not better than somebody just because you, you know, score touchdowns and, um, you know, catch the football. You know, that doesn't make me better than somebody who's trying to get a degree, you know, sir, who works in a regular nine to five, you know, so. Uh, for me, you know, it was just him, you know, always, always being there, um, always just keeping me on the right path in the right direction. Hey, man, love me your stories, man. I appreciate both of those for sure. So no, I know sure. you mentioned, I know you mentioned wide receivers earlier. You mentioned, you know, Jamar Chase, you mentioned uh, Justin Jefferson, but now we got to put you in the hot seat, right? I got to ask you one. Between two wide receivers, you got to go against your boys. Who are you going to go with, Alec Pierce or Trey Tucker? <laughs> Uh, you said I got to pick one? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, gosh, man. <laughs> they're not in the room with you right now. They're not going to bop you upside the head or anything? <laughs> no, nah, they're not here. Trey is down the street, though. So, <laughs> Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, they're both – like, they're both different, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, Trey's dead, you know, and AP. AP's in the league. So, I'm going to have to go with AP. You know, he's, he's, got, he's got a little more, you know, you know, tenure than us. He's got a little more resume. So, I'm going to have to go with AP. Um. You know, that's my guy, so. Still, I love Betrayal. He knows that. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, no, don't worry. We're gonna grab that clip and we're we're, we're gonna send it to Trey. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, please do that so he can walk in and tomorrow do workouts and you know be upset. And then ne- next thing you know, he's gonna argument. give you the quiet shoulder. So. <laughs> give him a nice little argument. I love it. That, that that's good, man. Um, and and back to another related culture related related question and i have some things to ask about you know off the field as well but sticking with the colts if the colts are going to draft a wide receiver why why should they pick you yeah i mean well first and foremost on the field like you know for me i'm a big play guy you know biggest you know a guy that's gonna get you a spark um you know fun fact that you know i learned uh kind of after the season uh, I guess all my touchdowns were of 20 plus yards. And uh, I, I think I averaged 43 yards a touchdown, 43 yards a touchdown. And so, you know, for me, um, you know, what did you notice, you know, in this last Super Bowl? You know, kind of those big spark plays, you know, the NFL is a copycat league. And so you start seeing, you know, it's turned into a pass game league. Okay. We've had, we established that type of deal. But now you start seeing, okay. Guys that can, you know, go and catch that deep ball, you know, that changes the whole trajectory of the game. You know, if you can score fast like that, you know, make explosive plays like that. So, you know, you might see, you know, a trend of, you know, teams starting to look for those deep threat type of guys. And so, you know, for me, that's where my specialty is at, you know, just really being able to stress the field, you know, um, take a safety out the box. You know what I'm saying? That, that opens up the run game. You know, you got Jonathan Taylor there, you know, you did it with an ankle injury, you know, last year, but, um, you know, that just helps and opens up the run game, the run game, and you know other parts of the game, you know so much more. So um, you're gonna get somebody who's explosive, gonna provide a spark, and um, not only that, you're gonna get a great person. Um, you know somebody who's humble, who, who's not gonna look for all the accolades. All- this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Praises. Um, you don't gotta worry about, you know, things for me off the field. Um, you know, I've been labeled as uh the old head at Cincinnati, uh, so to speak. Um, that's all everybody used to call me that old head grandpa old man all these different things um you know because you know i don't like to do too much but um you know you're not gonna have to worry about anything like that so um you know you're gonna be getting a great player and also a great person in uh Tosh Scott. not have to do too much that reminds me because i watched uh your guys's wired practices wired wednesdays and mm-hmm. i remember in one of them you said man we need a mic up tray again we need a mic up tray again you know i'm just <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. Okay, so is he trying to say I don't want the mic anymore? I'm not going to give you any entertaining oh, stuff. I guess that's what that's what you, you what you were alluding to with that. Oh yeah, no, yeah, Trey, Trey, Trey will give you a show. Trey, Trey's the guy that's going to give you a show. Um, you know, he he's that type of guy. So I'm like, you know, like, let him take the mic, let him do his little deal, dance, and all these little things. You know, me, I'm like, when I actually when I seen the. Um, when I seen the, the the mic on my pads that practice, I was like, why would they do this to me? I'm like, I don't know why they did this, why they chose me. You know, there's going to be a whole bunch of heavy breathing and running. I'm going to be just running deep. So, um, you know, but I mean, it was cool. It was a cool experience. <laughs> yeah. And you were getting tackled when you weren't even in a practice. So, yeah, I was getting tackled, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was the only one. He got he got a couple other people though. So there you go. There you go. So going back to last season, you know, obviously you guys had a lot of NFL talent on that roster. You know, you they built that basically from the ground up going there in Cincinnati. And, you know, that was kind of the culmination, you know, was playing in that championship game for you guys. What are some of the experiences from that that, you know, you think will help you in the league and some things that you take with you? Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I played with such great players, um, but not just great players, just great leaders. Um, like I said, I mentioned the Kobe Bryant's. Um, you know, Desmond Ritter, you know, Alec Pierce, uh, you know, Joe DeBlanco, um, you know, Brian Cook. I mean, it was just so many guys that carried themselves and that were really about their business as far as just, um, you know, as a football perspective, just how to go about, you know, your business on, on and off the field. And it was just um, – I took so much from that. And for me, that just helped me grow so much more as a player that when it was time for me to – you know, finally be able to be the 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 quote unquote guy, so to speak. Um, I was able to take that at full force and I was ready. You know, I had been, you know, up against so many great players. Um, like I said, we had the Jim Thorpe Award winner on one side and then we had the number the, the number four overall pick on the other side. So like you know, it was so many great guys, um, you know, that I was able to, you know, be with that just helped my game, not just on the field, but just off the field of just knowing um, you know, how to go about, you know, my, my football life. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you mentioned how you was the old head in Cincinnati. So I got a fun question: like, if you're the old head, how do you prepare yourself for the game? Like, do you listen to music? Does it turn you up? And if you do, like, what, what you listening to? Like, we got the world needs to know. <laughs> so, uh, so this is gonna be you know kind of I wouldn't say long winded, but you know it's it's kind of a a background to you know what I like to do. But um, for me, it actually started with track. Um, growing up. Uh, I was, you know, track and field was that that was number one for me. Um, as far as just my preparation, and that's something I'll have all my kids do is run track. You know, I ran AAU track growing up, but that's something I'll have all my kids do because I think first and foremost, like it helps you prepare not just you know for running and you know, that's all great, but just mentally. You know, what I'm saying you have to learn how to deal with stresses and pressures. Um, at a very young age, you know what I'm saying? You, you'll you be ranked at a certain seed. Like, you have to live up to that that hype, that expectation. You walk in the – you walk – you know, you walk into a track meet, you know, people see you and, you know, they're like, oh, wow, you know, he's here. You know, guys get scared and they expect you to, you know, run certain times and, you know, things of that nature. And so, um, at a young age, you got to learn how to deal with that. You got to learn how to, you know, be expected to, you know, win races, you know, things of that nature. And then also you have to learn how to bounce back. You got to learn how to – um uh, you know, you may not do great in one race, but then 30 minutes later, you got to come back and do another event. You know, you got to bounce back quick. You know, and those are things you have to deal with, you know, as a young, as a young nine, eight-year-old running track, like you got to learn how to, you know, deal with those type of things. And so for me, um, you know, that just taught me how to deal with my emotions, my anxieties, those, things of that nature. And, you know, one thing I learned from that is never get too high, never get too low. And with track, you know, I was really in tune with myself. I was able to be, be become really in tune with, my, in tune with myself. Um, so I could, you know, go out and perform at my best. And, you know, especially in track, you don't want to be too antsy and too all hyped up because then you might fall start and now you're DQ. And so, you know, for me, um, I kind of carried that mentality onto the football field, you know, especially in preparation for the game. It was just, I was real, you know, real mellow, real calm. Uh, for me, I like to listen to jazz music. I like listening to jazz, jazz music, um, smoothing, calm music, 
you know, things of that nature, just to ease my mind. Um, cause that, that hype adrenaline, all that, that only lasts until, you know, after maybe the first two drives and after that, you know, it's, you know, all it's a whole bunch of, you know, things that come into play, but, um, you know, for me, you know, it was jazz music. Yeah. That's an old head response, Mike. <laughs> Sounds like it's a lot of meditation as well. And <laughs> Tyler makes a great point. He He makes a great point. You know, the, adrenaline and everything in the first two drives and then everything is about your mental you know mental mistakes cutting down on those and making sure you're sticking to your assignments regardless of what position uh you play so that's actually actually some really good insight from tyler there uh would you consider yourself a leader or a follower oh i probably consider myself a little bit of both um you know knowing when to lead and knowing when to follow uh you know for me especially my sophomore year um, even my freshman year, but especially my sophomore year, I was a, you know, quote unquote starter my sophomore year, but I had so many great guys and weapons around me um, that I kind of just realized like it was their time. You know, Alec Pierce was over there. You had Desmond Ritter, you had, you know, who had Heisman, you know, talk, you had Jerome Ford. And so like, you know, the offense had a lot of weapons. You had Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor. And so, um, you know, for me, it was just kind of sitting back and recognizing like, you know, this not this may not necessarily be my time yet, you know what I'm saying. And so for me, it was learning how to you know be a be a follower in that in that moment, and 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 you know doing whatever was asked of me, and and um you know just kind of you know taking a step back and realizing like you know it's their time, you know they have you know they worked hard to get where they've gotten, and um it's just kind of my my time to sit back, take in, and just be a reliable target whenever you know my name was called. You know there was times last year where I caught the ball. And had uh, you know one catch, one touchdown last year. Like I had, I had like two games like that. Where it was just one catch, one touchdown. Open up the game uh, with a big post touchdown. You know, and that's all you heard from me for the rest of the game. You know, but um, I was just trying to do whatever I could just to leave my mark on the game and just do what was asked. Me. And so just learning how to follow in that way. And then um, now uh, for me, I'm not a huge uh, you know rah rah type of guy. I'm not gonna you know, be the yeller, you know, that type of person. But for me, um, I'm the guy that you're going to look to see, like I said, with Alec Pierce, same type of guy. Somebody's going to do everything right. You know, somebody can look to to do everything right, to be where you need to be, be on time, and do it at the best, you know, at the best of their ability. And so, you know, for me, that that's just huge, you know, as far as um, learning how to be able to do both and knowing when to do both. Really good. Hey. Well, I was going to say, this is my last one. I just got one more for you. So a lot of guys going into the season, they set personal goals for themselves. And, you know, so at the end of your rookie season in the NFL, what does a successful year look like for you? Yeah, so, you know, first and foremost, like I, I want to be a starter. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to come in and, you know, take somebody's job. And so, you know, that's what we're doing now. You know, you got to go. You, that's what you're expecting to do. You come in and take somebody's job. And so, you know, that's that's first and foremost. And, you know, one thing I pride myself as well on is uh, special teams. Like for me, uh, you know, that was huge emphasis, you know, at Cincinnati with special teams. That's how you earn your stripes. That's how you earn your on your field. And I take pride in that. We, you know, both train out. We were gunners. And, you know, we took pride in in, in our special teams. We were a top five punt team um, as far as net, you know, the last two years. And so, you know, for me, uh, just being able to have an impact, having an impact on the team and having an impact on a winning, winning culture and a winning championship team. Marcus, did you have anything else? 
Oh, uh, no, nah, I'm all set, man. He, he gave me my stories and he, he responded to some questions, man. We got to put him in a hot seat on Twitter, though. We're going to do that later. <laughs> hey, man, I like I like that little attitude. You know, I'm coming in to take somebody's job. I, I, I like that feistiness, you know, not don't always have to be political, politically correct and try to tell us what we want to hear. Well, I mean, not us, but like NFL teams and, you know, sure. tell them what we want to hear, like. Team comes to you at the combine. Hey, you know what? What are we gonna expect from you? Well, you're gonna expect a hard worker. Tyler comes in. You're you're gonna expect me to take someone's damn job. That's what you're gonna expect me to do. So that, that that's, I mean, that's that's what, that's what we that's what we got the NFL man. You you know, guys last, and you know, guys are there, guys are gone, and you know, it's not like it's not like a you know college where you sign you know you sign a contract, you get there for guaranteed four years or you know five years or whatever, and you get to you know stay on the team no matter what. Like, nah, it's like you know, you, you're on a short leash, and so, um, you know, that's literally as, as we've been training down here in Tampa, that's been the the been the word. That's been the theme is you know you you're literally coming in to take somebody's job. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not going to pay you all this money and you know expect you not to. So, um, you know, that's been my mentality. Uh, you know, especially since I declared was just I'm 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 here to take somebody's job. I know somebody on the Colts' job. You can tell you that's for damn sure. Um, <laughs> but 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 <laughs> just all funny games here. Uh, tell us about a time at Cincinnati that you will hold on to and why that matters so much to you. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it has to be the college football playoffs, that whole experience, that whole season. Um, you know, really, you know, it was really a movie. Um, you know, coming in, we had some hype, uh, you know, because the previous year we we ended up losing to Georgia. We were ranked like seventh in the nation, something like that. We ended up losing to Georgia um, in the Peach Bowl on a – on a walk off uh, 51 yard field goal that that was that was that that one hurt you know that one hurt we we started the game off great and you know they don't have any timeouts they drive down the field and end up kicking a walk off 51 yard field goal and so um for us it, it, we were hungry coming in that next year and so uh and that whole year you know we end up uh starting off good beat Miami beat Murray State and then the two games we had which were important was Indiana at Indiana, and at the time, Indiana had a good year the previous year, um, and they were they. I think they might have ended the season like thirteenth. They were like top fifteen, and so you had Indiana at Indiana, and then we had Notre the big one, Notre Dame, you know, at South Bend, and so those were the two that was like looking at our schedule, looking at what we had done, you know, the previous years, because um, you know, don't make no mistake about it. Like it took us really three years to get into the college football playoffs. Like, it wasn't just because we had one good year. Like, the committee was not just going to give us one good year in it all yet. No, it took us, like, two to three years to actually get a resume of consistency and then be like, okay, we can consider you for the college football playoff. And so those two year, those two games were kind of like the um, tours, like, okay, we need these. And so um, just walking through it, like, I remember we went to Indiana. Man, it was hot. It was hostile. We didn't have any water on the sideline. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're driving in. On, on uh, during the game on the buses, and we seen all the fans. All we seen was a whole bunch of middle fingers from everybody. Every every Indiana fan we seen, it was a whole bunch of middle fingers at the bus. And we're like, okay, it's gonna be one of those type of days. And so we walk into the stadium. We're warming up. It's hot, man. I feel like the cleats are gonna burn off my feet. Um, and it's a hundred thousand. It's packed. It's like a hundred thousand people. And I'm like, man, it's, this is the largest crowd I've ever played against. It was loud. It was rowdy. The student section was right behind us. So you know they're talking their trash. And so I remember, like, the first drive or two, um, we couldn't even get our – I mean, we couldn't hear each other. I mean, I never – we started huddling because usually we just did hand signals, but for some reason um, we went to huddle that game. 
couldn't even hear Des Ritter when he was standing next to me. I mean, it was so loud. Like, you would come up, I'm like, we can't even hear you. We can't even hear you. You're standing right next to us. So, um, you know, that was the huge game that we had to get past. Won that one. Uh, went to Notre Dame. Uh, beat Notre Dame in, you know, pretty good fashion. And then from there, it was just continuing to win and win in good fashion. But that's what we kind of didn't do. Um, and that's where kind of a lot of things took place as far as, uh, you know, we faced Tulane, didn't really – we we won, but we didn't beat them. You know what I'm saying? Navy, same thing. We won, but we didn't beat them. You know, it was just kind of, you know, that little law in the middle of the season. And I remember just those moments and those feelings at those times. Like, we would come in after those games, and it would feel like we lost. Like, literally, we'd be walking around the building, and we had to have meetings, you know, with our coaches to figure out, like, what is going on? Like, why are you guys walking around, like – you know what I'm saying? Like, we lost. Like, we're undefeated. We're ranked fourth in the country. Like, why are we so upset? And for us, we just kind of felt like um, the committee was judging us differently and was going to judge us differently because we know how they are. They're not going to, you know, put in a two-loss, even a one-loss Cincinnati in the college football playoffs. And so we knew that we were going to be judged differently, and we felt like we had to play um, up to a certain standard um, for the committee to be able to just to just see us and, you know, recognize us to be like, okay, yeah, they deserve to be in the college football playoff. And so, you know, there was that time in the middle of the season where we just kind of went through a law and, um, you know, Coach Fickle just kept saying, just win. All you got to do is win. He said, it's, a, it's a weird year in college football. Teams are losing. It's hard to win. They just keep winning. And so uh, we continued to do that throughout the season. We ended great. Uh, ended up winning the a, uh, AAC championship. And, um, you know, from there, you know, we, we obviously seen it that we were, uh, you know, invited to the college football playoff. And, you know, just having an opportunity was was huge because, you know, for me, you know, going against Alabama, you that's something that you grew up watching. You grew up watching that. You know what I'm saying? You grew up watching Nick Saban. You grew up watching, you know, all the great players that, you know, have been there. You grew up, you know, idolizing, you know, trying to be there. You know what I'm saying? And so to finally get in that position and then, you know, the kind of aha moment for me was watching Nick Saban run out the tunnel. You know what I'm saying? I was like, wow, like he's actually coaching against me. You know, somebody who when I was little used to watch, you know, in the national championship, you know, stage just win year after year back to back. And it was like, wow, like he's about to actually coach against me. Like he probably had the game, you know, prep for me. You know what I'm saying? So like, um, you know, that was just so wild to be able to experience that moment and uh, just be on that, uh, that spotlight. That's special. That's special. I mean, you can keep going if you want. Like we can continue to hear about that year. <laughs> Um, and, and you're absolutely right. The committee would have dawned on you guys. I mean, hell, I, I, I'm kind of glad that Oklahoma State lost on that day because if you had a yeah. undefeated Oklahoma State, undefeated Cincinnati, oh, Oklahoma State's bigger brand, all that stuff. Like, yep, yep. no, mm -hmm. no, no, that was huge. That was huge. I remember, like, the third, I don't know if it was the third quarter or, uh, like the, the start of the fourth, I'm going to say, um, of our net of our championship game, our league champ conference championship game versus Houston. Um, you know, I think we were up like maybe 35 to 20. We had it, you know, seemed to have it in the bag. And, you know, there was murmurs on the sideline like, hey, Oklahoma State lost. Because um, I remember I think they went into overtime or something like that while we were kind of preparing or something like that. And uh, we're like, yeah, we heard Oklahoma State lost. And, you know, once we heard that, it was like, okay. Like, it looks like it's time. And I remember that night, man, it was, you know, we ended up winning that. You know, everyone ended up running, rushing onto the field. Um, and it was like – it was just such a like a, a surreal moment because it was like wow like 
we actually have a chance to do this and we're about to be put on the stage. And so, um, you know, there's this great clip of, um, you know, one of the former Bearcats, Cody Lamb, wasn't a starter, but, you know, real key guy, you know, as far as just our preparation, it was Cody Lamb. He's got a Bearcat flag, you know, sitting up and he's like, the crowd's got him, you know, in the air, he's got this Bearcat flag. And uh, you can see just everyone around him, you know, surrounded on the field. And it was just like Cincinnati felt like they were on top of the world at that moment. I know I did. Um, so, you know, that, that whole season was special. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wishing you keep going on, on and on and on and on. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wishing it because I'm just, I just want to keep hearing about it. And you, you said it was a three year build up to get to that moment. Arguably, y'all could have made it two years in a row, but the mm -hmm. year y'all, y'all went to face Georgia. Correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, y'all couldn't play a couple games because of a couple teams had to because of the pandemic. They <clears> had <throat> to cancel those yeah. games, right? Yeah, yeah, no, they. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it was, it was a couple of those. Yeah, we we couldn't play, we couldn't play Temple. Um, I can't remember. I remember there was a time where we went three weeks. Uh, I think I want to say, yeah, yeah, we went like a it was like a month. It felt like until we had to play our championship game because we played UCF, and then after UCF, like everybody on the team got COVID, and then we had to cancel, 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 and it was like a whole month until we actually played, and it was well, you're gonna have to play in championship game, which is versus Tulsa. So, um, so yeah, man, I mean. Yeah, there there was a lot of a lot of different things. Even in that game, um, we had guys out too. You know, we had we had my guard didn't even play that game. He was hurt. Um, and George Pickens went off. So <laughs> the all oh, yeah, that, that 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 is true. Man, but that mm -hmm. Cincinnati was such a fun team. Like people would look at it, oh, they're a small team, but they had power five talent. They had power oh, five sure. talent. Like there was they sure. had the coach, had the scouting department, had the position coaches. Y'all had Marcus Freeman. <laughs> Uh, the DC yeah. there, and then a new DC takes over. Still don't lose a beat, and y'all you know, continue to have a great time. And man, yeah. that, that's awesome for you and Cincinnati to be able to experience that. Go to college football playoff. Everybody in the country is you know playing for a bowl game. Guys, you know guys that are going to the draft aren't even playing in it, but it's different mm -hmm. for you guys. It's a chance for a yeah. national championship. How did that oh, feel? Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about the 2021 season? The, or, just yeah. being able to know that in that moment, everybody else in the country is, you know, technically pre preparing for the offseason. But you guys, mm -hmm. out of four out of 100-plus programs in, in the country, you guys are one of the teams fighting for a national championship. Yeah, I mean, it was right here in front of us. It was just like, wow, like this is something that we, you know, from the beginning of the season, this is one of our goals, you know, play for championships. You know, and, and and what was so satisfying was just to see us check every box on the way, you know, to that. You know, we were able to, you know, win a rivalry game, check. You know, we were able to go and beat Indiana <clears throat> on the road, check. Beat Notre Dame on the road, check. All right, win the rest of the league, win the AAC conference, check. You know, now it was just, all right, now it's just time to, you know, put it all together. You know, but, you know, just being able to have that, you know, that whole season, it helped me grow um, in so many different ways. And then um, as well, it's just, I think, <laughs> I think uh, that's something that for me, like, I, I really cherish just because, like, we were the only group of five team in the history to ever do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, the chances of that happening again, especially with the new, um, you know, rules, like, 
you know, that, that was hard. You know what I'm saying? That was hard. And like I said, it took about three years. And the, the game that really changed it was my – when I was a senior in high school and they beat uh, UCF at home. When they beat UCF at home, um, I want to say UCF was in that top 25. Uh, they beat UCF at home. Uh, that was what really kind of changed the whole trajectory. That That's when Cincinnati really turned around. We were like, okay, they arrived. Um, you know, we beat UCF at home. And then from there on – like it was like Cincinnati's here, and so uh, I want to say that year we didn't losing, losing to Memphis, but Memphis had some guys. Uh, had Curtis Gainwell, uh, they had Coxie, who was a receiver, who was great. They had Antonio Gibson, um, like they had some guys on that team, and and, and so um, they ended up losing to them. But the following year they came back, and um, you know we ended up beating Tulsa, uh, you know, and ended up beating uh, Houston. So. Um, you know, it took it took it definitely took some some uh, uh, a path, so to speak, uh, from like a lot of the older guys. And that's one thing, like when we were there, Coach Fickle used to always just, you know, talk about the older uh, the older guys who were there before us and just how much, um, you know, what they did help us get to this path. You know, when Fickle took over the program, they were like four and eight. You know what I'm saying? Like they came in, they weren't a winning program. And so just from year one, when he came in all the way to year four or five, we're in a college football playoff. So it was just a credit um, to their hard work for helping us get in that position. You had guys like me who helped just continue to, you know, hop on a train and keep it rolling. So, um, you know, so, yeah, you know, it was like a three-year type of span for us to get in, but, um, you know, it was worth it. I have a few more for you here. Uh, and as you're talking about that, I want to ask you that I, that I happen to ask Trey as well. Mm-hmm. You, you're leaving Cincinnati in such a better place than you found it. <laughs> Cincinnati is now a power five program. Like yeah. you guys had power five talent. I, I've said for like the last two, three years, you've had power five talent. You've fought for championships. You went to the playoffs, but now they are in a power five conference. What pride, how much pride do you feel and humbleness? Do you feel in knowing that what you put so much work into, into a program is now in such a better place than when you found it. I'm not sure if Trey honestly uh, said what I'm about to say, but one thing that Coach Fickle uh, always said was always leave the place better than what you found it. He would say that constantly. Leave the place better than what you found it. And so, uh, you know, so for me, like, yeah, I mean, I take huge pride in that and just is is basically accomplishing that, you know, walking in and, um, you know, being able to be a part of something great and, you know, leaving and, you know, also for me personally, the other guys that were under me, um, you know, just helping them develop in their game. And another one, got two more here, but the first one is going to be a little fun. Uh, you were uh, speaking with Chris Johnson, you know, the legendary Titans running back. I know Titans isn't necessarily the greatest topic on this kind of show, but uh, great running back in Chris Johnson. You got a chance to speak uh, with him and he is part of the 33rd yep. team as well. We got a great relationship with those guys. He put, he, he put a stamp on it. Tyler Scott of Cincinnati will have the fastest 40 time in the NFL combine next week in Indianapolis. Do you support mm-hmm. that claim? I do support that claim. Honestly, it's going to be between me and Trey. It's going to be my dude, Trey. If it's not me, it's going to be my guy, Trey. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been training down here. We've been, you know, for I, I think it's it's been whoever wakes up feeling the best, you know. So, um, and that's the thing, like, 
people are sleeping on Trey, man, as far as his speed. Like, they are. <laughs> I'm sitting here seeing some things and hearing some things like, oh, he's projected. I'm like, you guys really don't know how fast this dude is, man. Like, people really don't know how fast he is. Like, <laughs> I'm telling y'all. <laughs> It's gonna be great. It's gonna be wild to when everyone gets shocked and surprised when he when he pops out. But I've been obviously I've been training with. I mean I've been training with him my whole life. But people really just don't recognize how fast he really is. I could just say people who know know. But um, you know, but yeah, no, uh, that's definitely my goal is to uh, have the fastest um forty yard dash time there, and um, you know, I'm working at it. Yeah, no, trust me. I was gonna say tr- trust me. We know on this show how fast he is because I put it out there. <laughs> Whenever we had him on, I, you know, it was going to be like, you know, between y'all, y'all two guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, you know, this dude, that dude's a freak, man. Like, uh, just yeah, an athletic yeah. freak, man. Like, yeah. I, I, we were going through some of his numbers. I was like, man, like, dude squats 600, runs a 4 2, bench yeah. pressing, you know, 225. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that guy's a freak. So no, he, I, I'm excited is. to, I'm excited to see you guys at the combine for sure. You're going to put yeah. on a show for sure. Hey, man, I've wanted a few Cincinnati guys the last three years. We ended up with one finally in Pierce. I wanted the Hudson kid, the left tackle. I wanted him. Oh, yeah. Went to Cleveland. Uh, Cook yep. was another one. I wanted James Wiggins. No, I wanted Derek yeah. Forrest. Washington. Hey, we drafted a, to... Yeah, we drafted Brooks also. We drafted Curtis yeah. Brooks. Yeah, yeah, guys did Curtis Brooks. Yeah, took him to seven. And then Michael, Michael Young as well. But, you know, I didn't sign him. Back, but I think – Oh, I just I, I want another one. You know, I want one another one selfishly. Uh, and, and then my last question for you, Tyler, uh, what is your why? Why do you wake up in the morning and choose football? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, it's my family. You know, first of all, it's my family. You know, um, you know, I just can't thank them enough for, you know, the position that they put me in, giving me the opportunities, um, you know, to come this far. You know, they, they've been there every step of the way and, you know, just continue to have a better life, you know, for them. You know, for me, you know, I don't – yeah, you make money, things of that nature. But one thing when I was going through my recruitment process was when I was in college was or in high school, you know, I really wanted to brag on my parents, really. Um, you know, when I went to all these different places, I wanted my parents to go there with me. You know, I wanted them to be able to, you know, get out of Ohio and just be able to travel and, um, you know, to really – uh, put them out there and, you know, have people recognize, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these were the ones that got me, you know, to the place that I am. And also, I wanted them to see, too, you know, being African-American, you know, you don't see a lot of, um, you know, there's a stigma out there, you know, you know, dads, you know, not being there, you know, not having a, you know, you know, two-parent household, having a one-parent household and, you know, household. And, you know, even where I originally came from, you know, from the agency in Akron, um, you know, we were, my brother and I were pretty much the only one, you know, on the block that had their biological mother and father in the, in the home. And they ended up, they, they, my dad stayed, my mom stayed, they were married. You know, they weren't, you know what I'm saying, you know, kind of together on some situational, you know, stuff. Like it was, they were married. They've been married for now like 20, uh, I don't know, like 28 years, 27 years, something like that. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like they, you know, they stuck together and they stayed with me. And my brother and, you know, I wanted to, you know, show that, you know, I wanted to be able to showcase that, you know, that I came from a great household and um, I had two loving, you know, caring parents that, you know, were with, with me every step of the way. I always love to hear the answer to that, to those questions, man. Uh, it's been a, it's been a great show, man. You you are a great guy. 
Uh, I, I, I just hope the best of luck for you. Wish the best of luck for you next week in Indianapolis. Probably one of the biggest weeks of your entire life. Uh, Landon, Marcus, anything else before before we close? Yeah, man, just wanted to say, you know, obviously thank you for your time, for hopping on here with us. Uh, I, I think you've got some really special stuff to show, uh, a lot to bring to the table for NFL teams. I've been loving to see your rise as this season and as this draft process keeps going. You keep shooting up boards. I think I saw something earlier tonight, had you in the second round already, and I'm like, man, uh, I, I love seeing that stuff. So uh, congratulations to you. I know you've worked really hard at it. You know, further best wishes on your career. And I'm excited to watch you going forward, bro. Now, I appreciate hey, it. Man. Appreciate you for joining the show. Best of wishes for sure. Looking forward to watching you hopefully play the Colts eventually or with the Colts. Who knows what, how that may go. But, you know, appreciate you for having us show and enjoy the story times, man. I really did. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. I had to throw in a couple stories in there for you. Speak for yourself, Marcus. I don't look forward to him playing against us. I don't look forward <laughs> to that. Uh, speak for yourself. But, Tyler, man, thank you uh, for the time. Uh, congratulations on a great year uh, or a great career at Cincinnati. I know you are going to be in the hearts of many Bearcats uh, as they transition into the Big 12. Shout out to Norton High School as well, where you graduated from. Uh, Norton High School, shout out to, to them down there or up there, rather. But, other than that, guys, uh, I, I can't thank Tyler enough. And shout out to all the Cincinnati players and coaching staff because, man, everybody that comes out of Cincinnati is just a phenomenal human being. So other than that, guys, we still got some more interviews coming to you this week. We also have, remember, Landon is kicking us off on Thursday, playing GM of the Indianapolis Colts. Tyler may or may not be part of our mock drafts. We may not know. You'll have to tune in to see, find out. Uh, but I'm now intrigued in the second round what Landon might do. But Landon is kicking us off on Thursday. The show will be out that Friday. That is a great series that we are going to be starting off this year and doing every single offseason. Stay tuned for that. We will be doing that for you guys soon. Thursday, Landon, best of luck to you. Do not piss me off or Marcus off. Um, do the right thing, okay? So other than that, uh, make sure you are subscribed to the Blue Stable on YouTube and following everywhere where you get your favorite podcast. Tyler, thank you again for the time. My man, best of luck next week in Indianapolis. And I can't really say much more. Blessings to you and your family and much health in the future. We'll see you guys later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.